Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Matthew 17. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for revealing so much to us about your Son. Such an amazing thing that you would send your Son, that he would be willing to come to this earth and live like us. Pray that we would understand and truly honor him as we should. Your great King and your Son. Amen. Matthew 17 And after six days Jesus took along Peter and James and John his brother and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothing became bright as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. So Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you want, I will make here three shelters, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell down on their faces and were extremely frightened. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one except him, Jesus alone. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, saying, Then why did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered and said, Elijah is indeed coming, and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did with him whatever they wanted. In the same way also the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. And when they came to the crowd, a man approached him, kneeling down before him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers severely, for often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they were not able to heal him. And Jesus answered and said, O unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, And the demon came out of him, and the boy was healed from that hour. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, Why were we not able to expel it? And he said, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now as they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised. And they were extremely distressed. Now when they arrived in Capernaum, the ones who collected the double drachma tax came up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the double drachma tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth collect tolls or taxes? from their own sons, or from foreigners. And when he said, from foreigners, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. But, so that we do not give offense to them, go out to the sea, cast a line with a hook, 
and take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a four drachma coin. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. Starts out saying six days after. Six days after what? Well, we just go back to the previous chapter. Jesus predicted his kingdom. In chapter 16, verse 28, Jesus says, Truly I say to you that there are some of those standing here who will never experience death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. I don't think that this story here is precisely what Jesus was predicting, but I think it's connected by this six days later. This is showing a little bit of what the kingdom is. Jesus was transfigured, changed. So we call this the transfiguration. He shone in glory, and that reminds us of Moses' face after he was speaking with God and getting the, the law. He came down from the mountain with a shining face, Exodus 34, 29. And it came about when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand as he was coming down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with him. So when Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to approach him. So Moses and Elijah appear here with Jesus. They were two, we talked about how they were forerunners, they left earth with unfinished business. Jesus is the true completion of that business. Moses had said that there was going to be a prophet like him to arise from their brethren to listen to him. So Jesus is that true prophet. Peter suggests here three shelters. That's probably wrong on multiple levels, but the basic problem I see is that that makes Jesus equal to Moses and Elijah. But Jesus is far greater. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 5 says, And Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony to the things that would be spoken. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast to our confidence and the hope we can be proud of. So Peter was at least right about building one shelter. We are the house or the temple that is being built. Then they come down from the mountain. Jesus casts out the demon. And he talks about the littleness of their faith. Over and over, Jesus has criticized their lack of faith or praised the faith of some who are healed. Faith seems like such a small thing, but it is what God is looking for in us. Jesus repeats the fact that he will die and be raised from the dead. It saddens them, they don't understand it, but from this point on, he's speaking of it often. Then we have this story about paying the tax. Jesus says he's not required to pay the tax as the son, but since he doesn't want to offend them, he makes a way for Peter to pay it for Peter and for Jesus. And now for a deeper dive. Jesus was willing to offend the Jewish leaders on many occasions. Healing on the Sabbath, cleansing the temple, eating with tax collectors and sinners. So why not now? On those other occasions, Jesus was doing something that was important. He was helping people or purifying God's house. He had a purpose that he wasn't going to let offending them get in the way of. But this time, it's about personal rights. Does Jesus have to pay? 
but will he voluntarily pay just not to cause offense? It's not going to accomplish some good purpose not paying. So Jesus is not going to assert his rights to offend them. So how does this apply to us today? Well, I think Paul applies it in 1 Corinthians 10.31. He says, therefore, whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all things for the glory of God. Give no offense, both to Jews and to Greeks and to the church of God, just as I also please all people in all things, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of the many, in order that they may be saved. See, Jesus was seeking the glory of God. He wanted the glory of God when he cleansed the temple. He wanted the glory of God when he healed people. He wanted the glory of God at this time, and in this case, the glory of God meant not offending them, because it wouldn't glorify God to stick to his rights and not pay the temple tax. Unfortunately, we tend to want to assert our rights whenever it benefits our pocketbook, but not to glorify God. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.